worked hard for what you have. Your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. Live from the studios of News Talk 1480 WHBC, it's Kenny and JT. How about this, JT? Our next guest played for two teams in the NFL, one that you like a lot, one that I love a lot. How about that? He was drafted by your Detroit Lions in 98, ended up with my Pittsburgh Steelers winning two Super Bowls uh, for a number of years there. We're talking about uh, Charlie Batch, who joins us right now on the hotline to talk about the Brown-Steelers matchup. Charlie, thanks for joining us. How are you today? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. Hey, we really appreciate you joining us, and like I, I texted to you, uh, I still have trouble, Charlie, uh, and JT brought this up to me the other day. Man, I missed talking to Stan Saverin about the Brown-Steelers rivalry, Charlie, because Stan was from Cleveland doing radio in Pittsburgh, and I'm the opposite, from Pittsburgh doing radio in, in Cleveland. And it's still hard to believe the Godfather's no longer with us. No, you are absolutely right about that, and we miss him every day around here, and we try to do our best at the beginning of the season to give him the tribute that we hoped that he would have enjoyed. And to this day, fans still call in, and they're man, just giving him a shout-out on the postgame throughout. So it's, it's awesome. So his memory is still uh, still going on for sure. He was outstanding. He always made time for us. And, Charlie, my name yep. is JT. I'm Kenny's partner here on the radio Monday through Friday, 3 to 7. It's an honor and a privilege to get to talk to you because everything you've done on the field and then off the field is what really makes us love this game of football. And I want to go back. Kenny mentioned the fact that I was a Detroit Lions fan because – Actually, I'm a Cleveland Browns guy, but when the Browns moved, there was no chance I was going to root for that black and yellow, so I moved a little bit north and started (laughs) liking the Detroit Lions. I want to ask you out of the gate, and we wanted to talk so many things about this Pittsburgh-Cleveland rivalry, but we have so many other things on our mind, including backup quarterbacks, and we'll get to that. But I want to ask you about Barry Sanders. I mean, your rookie year, is Barry still there, correct? Yes, he is. Okay, so you turn around, you hand off the ball to this guy. You just sit there and watch. (laughs) <laughs> the first play I did, it's funny, it's funny. So I remember um, I was supposed to uh, I hand the ball off and I was supposed to boot away to hold the defensive end. And I realized, I'm like, wow, I really just handed the ball off to Barry. <laughs> I got the boot away. And the defensive end claps down and made the play. And the coach, he looks at me and he just starts ripping me. Like, you're supposed to boot away. And I'm like, dude, I just hand the ball off to Barry. <laughs> 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 but from that moment on, it was good. I got at the fam. The fam moment was t- uh, definitely gone at that particular point. And I wish I had the opportunity to play longer with him, and, and not realizing that that was going to be his final season. But it was pretty cool to play with him for the short duration that I did. Well, you got to play with some great uh, players. Uh, mm-hmm. The boss, of course, uh, who wins a, a Super Bowl with you guys in Detroit. Uh, so kind of a, a full circle moment there for you. But well, we wanted to pick your brain today because uh, we all woke up today thinking, you know what? Can't wait for Sunday's game, Charlie Batch. One o'clock, six and three Pittsburgh, six and three Cleveland. If Baltimore loses on Thursday night to Cincinnati, the winner of the Steelers Browns game is going to be in first place. Deshaun Watson played a hell of a second half and then. Boom, we're hit with the news that Deshaun Watson done for the season with a shoulder injury. Just your thoughts when, when you heard that, and then we'll dive into some other things. 
Well, when I first saw it pop up, I'm thinking to myself, okay, is, is this a verified account or a parody right. account? Is this real? You know, so it was definitely, for me, it was one of those slow moments, just to, whether or not to believe it or not. But, of course, once the national news started talking about it, you're just like, wow, obviously for that injury to be as serious as what it was and him going into reserve changed the dynamics of this game. But, of course, he was banged up coming into it. But, again, he was starting to play some of his best balls. So I think this is going to be an interesting game uh, so to speak, and the Steelers can't take them lightly because anytime you go against a backup, you don't know what they're capable of, but ultimately could potentially become a trap game as well. We're going to talk about that right there, Charlie Batch, because obviously you've got starting experience when you're at Detroit. You come into Pittsburgh, you're behind Ben Roethlisberger, and we hear this all the time. Backups got to stay ready and next man up mentality, but how do you really do that? And better yet, how did you have success as the backup? Because you won games when Ben went down. Yeah, I think when you look at it, it's one of those things to where, you know, I was at a different point in my career. And, you know, I was a veteran guy, so I knew how to prepare uh-huh. because I was the starter. And those are things that, you know, allowed me the opportunity to step in when Ben Roethlisberger went down. But when you're a, re- a young guy, you're like, okay, you're only a few games into your career. And at some point, you don't know when you're going to play. But right now, the moment is there. And, of course, you know, the heightened elevation of what this game means to the Browns from that particular perspective you hope, you know, hope the fans are patient, but at the same time they're saying, hey, you're on this team for a reason. You better go out there and execute, and we expect you to do it in a big way with a division foe coming in, especially one of the, you know, the, the, mm-hmm. the enemies, so to speak, in this division where nobody in Cleveland likes Pittsburgh and Pittsburgh doesn't like Cleveland. So the magnitude of this game is really heightened for him. Charlie Batch is our guest, former Lions and Steelers quarterback. Uh, does a great job uh, of breaking it down on the radio in the Steel City. Uh, and Charlie, DTR, it's not going to be, we called him Kid Dynamite, P.J. Walker, right? He, he won a couple of games uh, for the Browns, but now they're throwing him back to the bench, and they're bringing in the rookie fifth-round pick, uh, Dorian Thompson-Robinson, to make his second start. His first one did not go well. 28-3 loss at home to the Baltimore Ravens. He threw three picks in that game, was awful, was not ready. Uh, why do you think they felt that he was ready to start another big game like this just a, a few weeks after uh, you know they benched him uh, with the, the poor start against Baltimore? Yeah, you hope, you know, sitting down watching, you know, does something for him. And, and that's why maybe you get excited about what the potential is be, can be because of, you know, the type of training camp that he actually has. So when you don't know the potential is there, you're sitting up there saying, hey, why not? Why, what's the reason uh, that we have to wait? So you're throwing it in there. And sometimes as a young quarterback, you actually want to be thrown into the fire. I know I wanted to do that during my young days in Detroit because you're now learning on the go. And that's the best way sometimes for a young quarterback to go. Because at the same time, there's really nothing to lose. You go out there and play, you win, great. If you lose, it's like, oh, he's a young quarterback. But yeah. it's just a matter of how you go about losing it. You talked about those picks. That's something that he can't do. And if they go out there and put some safe plays together and essentially be a game manager, maybe that defense of them can create the turnovers to give him a short field and put the team in the end zone. Charlie, we hear the words all the time, franchise quarterback, elite quarterback. I look through the league right now, and for whatever reason, it seems as though even though the rules are slanted more towards more scoring and we want more offense and we're making things tougher on the defense – I look at these defenses just as a fan, as a former college athlete. I never got to play at the next level. But the thing is, are these defenses so sophisticated now that the we really, with the exception of maybe Patrick Mahomes and just a few others, are not seeing elite quarterback play? Is it too hard for them to process? I don't see anybody lighting it up anymore. 
Yeah, they're not. And like you mentioned, the rules are geared for the offense. So, But right now the defenses are definitely in front of these uh, uh, quarterbacks right now, and they're making it very difficult. The only thing I feel sorry about these defenses for it is you just don't know how to, how to hit a quarterback anymore because mm-hmm. everything – is a personal foul penalty, so that's the only thing. But if not, you say, well, we're going to lock the secondary up and make it very difficult for that quarterback to go through his first and second reads, and hopefully he pulls that football down and want to run with it. And if you do, then that's going to be the advantage of the defense. So these are things that just, you know, I'm curious because I think as a whole maybe – I know a couple weeks ago the scoring was down, and I don't know what those averages Mm -hmm. are now, but it it can't be any different than what it was a couple weeks ago. When you were playing in these defensive ends, or we call them edge rushers now, are lining up so far outside the tackle box, it's amazing how fast they are. It seems that they get to the quarterback before the receivers make their break. Am I accurate in that? Yeah, you are absolutely accurate in that, and that's why it's tough to play on the road because anytime you get those wide rushers and that offensive tackle is a split second behind because of the crowd noise, man, it makes it very difficult. And that's why you always hear there's a home team saying, hey, we need this, 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 the crowd and the fans into the games because it's very challenging that way. But that's just why you can't get in those third and long opportunities because if you do, favor into that defense. Charlie Batts joining us, former Lions Steelers quarterback, uh, works with the media, does uh, uh, some motivational speaking as well, and always great to pick the brain of an NFL quarterback in a situation like this. So we've talked about the Browns, okay, and their situation at quarterback, Charlie. What about the Steelers and Kenny Pickett? Uh, What do you make of the the second-year player and the season that he's having this year? Yeah, I like where Kenny is at. I mean, there's a lot of fans that are frustrated around here because they want to see more, but I always kind of quickly remind them to say, hey, you have to remember we didn't have to go through that whole, you know, challenging type times with Ben Roethlisberger because he came out the gate winning his first 13 games. So when I when people when I say that, people are like, oh, yeah, but I also go back to the numbers. Kenny Pickett and Ben Roethlisberger's numbers are about the same as it relates to averages. The difference is, you know, Ben had – um, you know, 13-0 and 0 and, and got off to a good start his second year. So where Kenny is at, fans just have to be patient. And right now what the Steelers are doing, they put a good defense out there in front of him, and they are, you know, trying to establish the running game, something that they've been able to do over the last two weeks. Last week they had 200 yards rushing as a whole, and that's something that hasn't happened around here in a very long time. So if they can continue to do that, that takes the pressure off Kenny Pickett, and hopefully he can start attempting to throw the throw that football down the field as much as they want them to do. Charlie, something else I looked at on your Wikipedia page, you were lost to a season due to injury. How do you come back from that? What do you tell someone like Deshaun Watson, who now is seemingly turning the corner, trying to get back to where he was two, three years ago, now you're lost for another season. How do you tell this guy how do they approach what's going to be now an extended offseason, I guess? Yeah, it's more mental right now. I mean, is it, you know, being around the league as long as he has, that's just tough because, you know, it, it, going through a rehab, it always makes you think about, man, I just don't feel like going to rehab and doing all of these things. It just becomes an entire, you know, long off season because, you know, the next time he's going to be able to pick up a football won't be, you know, until next April and maybe, you know, at least in OTAs if they allow him to go through it uh, or are they going to manage him. So that remains to be seen. It's just the fact of the unknown on how you have to uh, prepare for it over the next couple months, and that's going to be a challenge for him. I don't know if he stays in Cleveland for his rehab. I don't know if he goes to another facility. But if I'm Cleveland, I probably will want him to stick around to make sure that they have eyes on, uh, on that injury.
Yeah, no, no doubt. Yeah. And we, we know, you know, he was out of football for a couple of years because of off-the-field issues, too. You don't want those creeping back in as well. So you want to keep eyes uh, on Deshaun Watson from that standpoint. One, one thing, the one thing I was going to say there, you know, as well, is the fact that it's different because if you're there by yourself, those cold winters, there's going to be a lot of, lot of time alone. <laughs> yeah. Looking out the window, looking at that snow, saying, I'm here for rehab. I could sure be on vacation somewhere. That's a great point. Uh, Charlie, how have the Steelers – uh, produced a 6-3 and three record this year. I said the first time the Browns were playing, this, I said, ain't no way Pittsburgh's winning this game on paper. The Browns are the better team. Uh, Miles Garrett, Deshaun, all this stuff, right? No way. And, of course, the Steelers ended up winning on Monday Night Football, and here they are uh, tied for second place. How have they done it this year? Yeah, they're not turning the football over offensively, and they're creating the turnovers on the other side. And in some cases, they're actually able to turn the turnovers into touchdowns in the same case that you're talking about in the first uh, matchup where Alex Hasmith was able to intercept Deshaun Watson and take it back and get up a, early on a 7 nothing lead. So I think those are things that that's the formula that they're trying to use at this particular point, and they're not putting Kenny in a situation where he has to force the throws down the field, and he's playing as cautious as you can be from the quarterback position. And I think with this formula right now, that works for the Steelers, even though everybody else around the country is looking at the point differential. But in Pittsburgh, they're looking at it and say, we play for wins here, and that's the conversation that's happening around here. All right, I've got to ask you about Mike Tomlin because I'm not the biggest Tomlin supporter uh, as of late. I go you know, look at 0-4 in their last four playoff games. He hasn't won a playoff game since 2016. To me, that resonates more than not having a losing season in the regular season. So where is Mike Tomlin in the eyes of the fans as well as in the eyes of the organization right now? Yeah, organization-wise, he's not on a hot seat by no means. So there's no, no okay. conversation that way. I think when you look back and, you know, the fans are getting frustrated because just like you mentioned, no playoff wins in a very long time. And I think this is something that when you hear the standard is the standard and which was created by Mike Tomlin when he got here, the standard is to win Super Bowls. Organization-wise, it's to win a Super Bowl. And right now, the level of his expectations are now falling because that's no longer the conversation anymore. It's about – Oh, he hasn't had a low losing season. Really? That's that's the benchmark now? Right, so right. So if you're going to get back to the point of the standard is the standard, then you should hold the organization where they hold the fans and really created this Steelers Nation concept is the fact that Lombardi trophies is the standard, and that's where they should get back to. And unfortunately, the fans are starting to get frustrated, just like you mentioned. Yeah, I'm I'm a media member, but I'm a fan as well growing up there. And I grew up in in the 70s, right, where they were four and six years and then watched you be a part of two teams that won Super Bowls as well. And I I just, uh, that's my standard, always has been that standard. Let me tell you both, being a frustrated Browns fan, I'd take 500. (laughs) I'm telling you, every day of the week if I could, because we never see 500. If you aspire to be Super Bowl champions, we just like a chance to get to the postseason. Well, I think then that's where you start to see that mindset starting to shift right now because they haven't won the playoff game, haven't won a Super Bowl since 2008 season. So these things are, you know, you're starting to kind of get further and further away from that last Super Bowl trophy, and that's why fans are getting frustrated. They're saying, it's been an extremely long time since we've been able to celebrate and hoist that Lombardi. It's about diagon time. Hey, last thing before we let you uh, you go, I know recently they had alumni weekend, and you got to be a part of it. How cool was it to get together with uh, former Super Bowl champs and teammates there uh, and share that uh, in the Steel City? Yeah, it's always good to get around the guys again, man. The last that you have and the stories that you're able to just kind of recap and share, man, it just 
you know, you, you're there for two days, but, man, you wish it could be longer because, you know, it's one thing to share the stories, but, when, you know, when everyone has kids and they start to get older and you miss that concept and you're just kind of around family, and it's just, those are the special moments that you have. And, you know, hopefully you, you, try to, you start talking about ways to recreate more opportunities that we can all get around, get around each other because everybody has moved all around the country. So it's hard to get everybody back, man. But weekends like this, man, kudos to the Steelers organization for bringing everybody back in the manner that they did. And it was just truly awesome to, to, to see that. And hopefully we can do it many more. All right, Charlie Batch, we appreciate you making time for us here on the Kenny and JT Show. Enjoy the game uh, in Cleveland this uh, weekend. Brown-Steelers rivalry, one of the best there is, as you know, having been a part of it. uh, Should be an interesting matchup this Sunday, and we look forward to talking with you down the road. I appreciate it. Again, thanks for having me on.